fam. Welcome to the Prescription for Change podcast. Are you a working professional, busy mom, and tirelessly trying to bring your A-game in your career? Do you prioritize your family and their needs before your own, leaving little to no time for self-care? Do you secretly fantasize about the days you are at your physical peak and confident with your body and in your skin? Are you tired and struggling with the never-ending journey to better nutrition, physical fitness, and mental health? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then this podcast is for you. I am your host, Dr. Michelle, board-certified physician, mom of two, and your health coach. This podcast will transform the way you think about food and your health so you can break away from perfection paralysis and finally start to live your life intentionally. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Prescription for Change. I'm going to continue right along with our focus on food and trying to find some ways that you can create health in your own life, get to the healthy life that you want, reach the goals that you want, and to be intentional about it. And that's what I really like to focus on is just being intentional. When you are doing things from that perspective, they tend to work out much better than if you don't have a plan or you don't really have a clear idea of where you want to be. So goals are great, but actually being intentional or figuring out a roadmap or a plan as to how you're going to get there is going to be the key to being successful. So we talked um, previously about food insanity and what that means, just not having control over food, despite all of our attempts to control what it is we're eating, control our calories, looking at calories in versus calories out. So how Uh, many hours you're working out or what types of workouts you're doing and also limiting or restricting certain foods. And the more control that you try to have over what you're eating and being on a diet is the less control you actually have leading to food insanity. And then last week we talked about, or a couple weeks ago, um, talked about food focus and how you can focus on the food itself as opposed to focusing on just particular diets or things that are cookie cutter that don't really serve you well because it's not looking at your specific needs, what you personally need in this point in time. And then we talked about um, different types of hunger and just ways to be able to understand your body a little bit more. And I feel that that's really the key to being able to not only lose weight or reach the health goals that you want, but to be able for those things to be sustainable. So you don't have yo-yo dieting or you're not starting a new diet every single time or having to do a reset every single time. And I'm really just passionate about that is being able to learn how your body works, what your body needs, and being able to pivot as things change and as you get older. So those are going to be the key things. So today, I really want to focus on five simple steps that you can do to elevate your food game, right? And the reason I want to talk about this, you may be thinking to yourself, well, how am I even going to elevate my food game when I don't cook, I don't meal prep, I'm not meal planning, I'm not grocery shopping. If you're eating through a drive-thru, 
you know, five days a week, or you're eating your meals on the go, or maybe you're skipping meals altogether. So how are you going to elevate something that isn't even there to begin with? So that's what I want to focus on today, because it is, um, it is simple. And it is going to dramatically change the way that you look at food and the way that you um, eat food, what you consume, and um, actually maybe getting you started cooking in the kitchen or preparing things. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be um, long or, you know, arduous. It can be very simple. And that's what I like to focus on, the simple steps. So I want to start by going over the definition of boredom. Boredom is apathy or lack of having an emotion about something, disinterest, dull, tedious, lacking stimulation, wanting to be able to do something, but not being able to engage in a satisfying way. And so the reason I want to focus on boredom first is because most of the time when we're consuming an excess amount of calories, it's because we're bored. So there was a study done of children four years and older, and it showed that they consumed 79% more calories when bored than when they were engaged in a satisfying activity. So that means that, and children very often will say that they're bored or there's nothing to do. So I am always very adamant about keeping my kiddos busy in something that they find interesting, whether it's music, it's sports, it's art, whatever it is that they can engage and do something different. And not just sitting on the screens either, because that can be a source of boredom as well, believe it or not. So we consume more calories when we're bored. I'm sure you all knew that before, but the percentage of people who consume excess calories when they're bored is really staggering to me, 80%. Um, And that's a lot. And if you're thinking about how many times that you may be bored in a day, right? So I've talked about when I was in med school and even residency, just coming home, plopping down in in front of the TV on the sofa, and you're just consuming more calories because you're not being mindful or not being intentional about what you're eating, right? You can sit and eat, well, I could sit and eat a whole family bag of chips if I was watching TV because I'm not paying attention to the portion sizes or um, being intentional about what it is that I'm eating. So you're just eating to feel full and not paying attention to how those calories are coming in. I've also talked before about the fact that food is neutral. And what exactly does that mean? It's really just not assigning a hierarchy to food. So not thinking of food as good foods and bad foods. A lot of times when you're categorizing food in that way, you're also projecting something about yourself. Your feelings about yourself can directly correlate with the food that you're eating. And I want you to think about food as neutral because this really has nothing to do with you as a person. It really just has to do with the fact that food is food. So there was a um, study done before on, and there's actually been quite a few studies on this. I think I talked about the um, Super Size Me um, study that was done by this one guy, and he made a, a show out of it about how he ate McDonald's every day for all of his meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and what happened versus when he didn't, right? So just obviously calories are going to be a big deal. But 
the calories you can consume, it's not just the calories themselves, because all calories aren't created equal. So you can have two snack size bags of Doritos, which would be about 300 calories or just over, or you can have um, 100 grams of uh, lean chicken breast, right, which would be a serving or a fist size amount. And that would give you about the same amount of calories. So about 280 calories or thereabouts. Those two things are going to be very different. A bag of Doritos are going to give you 300 calories of simple carbohydrates, which carbs are not bad. But again, simple carbs are going to break down very quickly. It's not going to be very satisfying. You're going to burn those calories off. um, Or they may just sit there and turn into be stored as fat if you're not eating regular meals every day. We've talked about like how that affects your metabolism versus if you're eating 300 grams of lean protein, the calories or 300 calories of lean protein, sorry, those calories are going to serve your body in a very different way than two bags of snack size chips. And so you're really not going to feel full or feel satisfied from having those two bags of chips, which is why you go back for more and you could potentially eat a whole family size bag. And then eating that many calories of protein is going to serve your body in a different way. It's obviously a lot harder to break down um, and it's going to be a lot more satisfying. So those are the things that we need to think about and be intentional about. So when you're thinking about boredom or when I think about boredom, I think about a lot of times that leads to um, being very apathetic towards food. And if you're apathetic or you're disinterested or you find it dull or tedious, you're not really going to put much effort into it. It's the reason why most people like to go out to a nice restaurant or maybe even like to, you know, have some fast food. It's things that taste good or things that you like um, and things that you want to eat but may not have that same sense of um, urgency to create those foods. So I want to go over these simple steps with you to elevate your game so that you can do a lot of these things at home and think a little bit differently about how you're stocking your kitchen and thinking differently about just cooking home-cooked meals in general. It doesn't have to be tedious. Um, Most of the time, boredom just signals that what you're doing isn't satisfying. And I can only imagine, and I know from experience previously, is that if you're doing something or eating things that are really dull, it takes the the joy out of eating food. And I have grown to love um, eating and trying different types of foods and experimenting with cooking at home, especially when I have the time to do so. But also when I don't have the time um, to sit down and make a full home-cooked meal from scratch, I can at least do some simple things or make sure that I set myself up for success to create meals at home that are still going to be enjoyable and not take a long time. So that lack of motivation or sense of purpose is really the cause of the boredom or not having anything new. It's not novel anymore, right? So you want to bring that novelty back and that usually will bring a resurgence of motivation or a sense of purpose. Um And a lot of times, like I said, boredom is just the reason for what I would say, quote, unhealthy eating, right? What are you're consuming things that really just aren't serving your body well. 
Um, so the very first step that I want to talk about is just eating the rainbow. I've mentioned this several times before. I've posted this in my private Facebook group just on um, nutrition and how eating different types of foods are going to give you different um, minerals and vitamins and nutrients and eating in season and how that serves you. I've done a whole podcast episode on that as well. Eating the rainbow is important because the color of the food gives you a different mineral or vitamin. And where you're getting your vitamin C or vitamin D or um, B vitamins and omegas from, those are all important because they provide different nutrients and they serve your body in a different way. And so you don't want to eat the same thing every day because one, you're going to get bored with it. Um, Eating different colors are going to um, bring about not only the nutrient part of it, but also just adds a lot of variety, right? And makes things a little bit more interesting. So if you're eating broccoli every single day, which broccoli is my favorite vegetable, but, um, and I tend to have that more times than not, but just even cooking it in a different way um, and adding other things to it. So maybe I will um, roast it on a sheet pan and I'll put some, I'll do some broccoli and some red, sweet peppers or bell peppers and some onions um, just to mix it up a little bit Um, or do zucchini and peppers and onions or different things, right? So you're adding in different colors, adding in different flavors. That's also going to be a different taste and kind of stimulate your palate in a different way. Tip number two is being able to recreate your favorite restaurant foods that you've had. So The reason why you want to do this is one, because it's your favorite for a reason, right? It tastes good. Typically, if you're eating out, it's like, how do the chefs even make the food taste like this? What are they doing? So the first thing is that they're probably, or not probably, they they are most definitely excited about what they're cooking. They're chefs for a reason. So that's what they're doing for a living. It's because they're still excited about foods and being able to put something on the plate that is going to be interesting to their customers or consumers. So they're still interested in it and don't find it boring. So what they put on the plate is really going to be kind of like a passion project or an act of love. Like they love cooking and they love to see people enjoying their food. And so that's what is going to come out on the plate. If you're cooking and you're disinterested and don't really feel like doing it, then of course it may not taste that great and quite honestly may just be bland. So you don't want to eat bland food because then that's going to lead to boredom and you're probably just going to reach for something that's quick and not the healthiest option and isn't going to serve you well. So recreating your favorite restaurant style food, it could be something, any kind of cuisine, whether it's Mexican, it's Chinese, it's Italian, you can do things that are kind of semi-homemade, but choosing things in a grocery store that may be already like pre-prepared, um, but is a healthier option. The other reason to do this is that when you get things in a restaurant, most of the time now, the serving sizes or portion sizes are double or even triple what you would typically eat on your plate. So if you're not bringing it home and you don't like to waste food, that means that you're consuming it while you're sitting there. And if you even have 1.5 times more, that's like half a size, portion size more than what you would typically eat, that's half a portion size more than 
of calories that you're consuming that you don't really need to eat. And so a lot of times that's where the downfall is. Maybe out or it's like, this tastes really good. And instead of packing it up and taking it home, you feel forced to consume the food. So when you're cooking it at home, you can cook food in a way that's going to taste good. You can recreate your favorite dish, start with something that's simple, and then um, have the portions that you want and the rest can be leftovers. You can eat for another day. The third tip I have for you today is seasoning your food. Seasoning is your friend. If your food is not seasoned properly, it's not going to taste good. And that's probably the reason why you don't want to eat your own food. So I know that when I'm cooking, I need to make sure that I have at least a few things stocked in my pantry at all times. You need to season your food. It's not going to taste good otherwise. I guarantee you when you go out and you eat, it's because the food is seasoned. So things that I like to have or staples or musts would be salt, um, having like apple cider vinegar, um, also having things like garlic or onion powder, um, adobo seasoning. Those things in and of itself is not unhealthy. So people tend to think about salt and they're like, oh my gosh, I can't consume salt. It's like you don't want to put a whole bunch of salt or handful of salt on there. You can sprinkle it, but it needs to be seasoned. It gives it some flavor. It makes it interesting. It stimulates a different um, taste buds that you have. And so that's going to bring a lot more um, interest into what you're eating and it's going to be a lot more pleasant. The other thing is that you can create the same food. You can have the same food. So I'm going to use chicken or turkey. You can have the same food and make it taste different or create different types of um, cuisines or different flavor palettes or different dishes completely just by how you season it. So combinations of seasonings, like I said, I typically have salt, garlic, onion powders, um, but you can have, add in cumin, it gives a, a different flavor palette. Um, you can have salsa or different things that you're going to add in. Um, crushed red pepper, lemon pepper, um, seafood seasonings tend to um, have a different flavor palette. So depending on you know what you're trying to create or just to have some variety, the way that you season your food or the combination of seasonings are going to make it very different. Um, other things like oregano, Um, also add a different flavor to your food. So it's very important to just be mindful or intentional about having certain seasonings that are always going to be in stock and that you can create different things for different types of protein, whether it's chicken, it's fish, it's beef, whatever it is that you're cooking. All right, so tip number four, using toppings. So toppings would be fresh herbs. um, That could be parsley, it could be um, bay leaves, it could be thyme, it could be fresh oregano, you could have garlic, um, and also adding in condiments. So toppings like fresh herbs and condiments are really going to add a different level of flavor to your food. Um, Having spicy mustard can give um, food a whole different flavor. You can create your own sauces. You can create um, homemade salad dressings. And all of those things that really, if you bought in a store, would have um, 
guaranteed more calories in it than it needs to because there are probably a lot of different oils and mayo and different things in it that it really doesn't need. So extra calories that you don't need. You can make a simple dressing with olive oil, um, you know, apple cider vinegar or white wine vinegar or red vinegar and just adding in like mustard or honey or lemon, fresh garlic, things like that. So you can use those herbs, you can use those condiments to be able to create sauces and toppings to really elevate the food that you're eating and give it a different flavor palette. Adding that flavor, again, is going to stimulate different tastes, stimulate your taste buds, um, and really just kind of get things going. It makes it a lot more interesting. Another one that I personally love is having ginger, whether it's fresh ginger, um, ginger powder, or um, ginger paste really helps with changing the, the flavor palette of your food. And, you know, having more of an Asian flair to something versus more of an Italian or Mexican flair to something really just by using toppings, changing the condiments and the herbs that you're using. All right. So the last tip that I have for you, number five, is really reflecting on what worked and what didn't work. So kind of doing an assessment or an evaluation after you've made these changes, right? If you don't do that assessment, then you don't figure out what works for you. You're not going to be able to recreate those things and to do it consistently. The whole point is to be able to provide something um, in your life, a daily habit to create health that's going to be reproducible. So that way it's sustainable. If you can reproduce it, you can do it over and over again. It's something simple. It's going to be sustainable as opposed to recreating the wheel and trying to figure out again what's going to work for you, right? So you can do, um, you know, many different types of um, diets and not like diet plans like calorie counting or restricting or Um, you know, going on the scale every day, but people who eat keto or vegan or paleo or they're vegetarians or you just eat everything, you can lose weight or you can get to your goals or you can create health in your life with all of those things, right? But it's really just figuring out what works for you. So by following these five simple steps, you can elevate your food game. And if you're really not in the game at all, you can at least get started um, by having some of these simple things in your kitchen, being able to take these simple things and apply it, even if it's like one or two days that you want to start out with, if you're typically someone who's eating out at restaurants or um, getting fast food a lot of the time, but just incorporating it slowly into your day so that it's something that becomes more of a habit. It allows you to create that health. It allows you to get a little bit closer to the goals that you want and to be able to live the healthy life that you want. So just to recap, (laughs) making sure that um, you're avoiding boredom is going to be the key to being able to get started in making your own food. And it's not about meal prepping or um, being a master chef in the kitchen. It's just really just taking small, simple steps. So one, eat the rainbow. Two, recreate your favorite restaurant foods. Three, season your food. This is probably my favorite one. Number four, use toppings um, such as fresh herbs and condiments. And number five, reflect on what you've done, like a post-evaluation to see what worked and what didn't work. All right, y'all, I hope this was helpful in creating some healthy um, tips for your life and being able to create consistency um, so that you can reach your healthy um, 
goals and live the healthy life that you want. All right, y'all. Cheers to your health.